ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious and, yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere. And uh, Martin is not being my co-host today because I have my friend, Beryl Comar, staying here. I'm kidnapped. He's kidnapped. He's hiding behind there. Anyway, so she's going to be Hi, everyone. Uh, my co-host today because she's actually good friends with Dr. Will Horton, who's our guest today. And we've both known Dr. Will Horton for quite a while because from the NGH conventions and stuff. But um, they're quite good friends. So I said, since you're here, you can boot Martin out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Will Horton. And please, uh, I'd like you to just to tell the audience who you are, what kind of background and and all the stuff about what you believe hypnosis is and how you came to it. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. And uh, hello, Beryl. Um, yes, I've known Beryl for 20 years now, I think. A little over 20. More. We met in India. Met in India at a training. I was doing a training. Right. And she, she flew over from Dubai. Uh, so it really is a small world. Uh, well, my... Uh, I've been in the hypnosis and NLP world for over 30 something years now consecutively. Uh, I'm a, I'm also a licensed clinical psychologist, a master level alcohol and drug counselor. And it's kind of interesting to me because the first time I experienced hypnosis uh, was in high school. Like a lot of people, I had a book. It was called hypnosis for change. It's still in print. It used to be in a, in an orange book. I got to get an original copy because I remember I got the book and thought it was so cool and I read it and hypnotized a couple people and it scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. It was like, cause it was so easy. I read and this person was in trance. We did some stuff at work. Uh, but like a lot of people, high school, especially me, you know, I was a drunken football player and athlete. That's all I cared about, but I did make some hypnosis cassettes. I'll date myself. It was, uh, you know, or late sixties, early seventies. So I made these self hypnosis tapes and I really liked it, but it kind of got put on the back burner after high school. I went in the military and then in real rapid succession, not to bore you with my story, I basically an addiction took away a military career that I was developing. And then right after that, I fell in love with acting and theater. I had the chance to go into acting and the addiction took that away from me and I couldn't beat the addiction at, so I went into treatment through the Veterans Administration because, you know, I'd spent my time in the Army and I couldn't beat the addiction. I kept relapsing. I kept going backwards. And, you know, it was traditional treatment and the 12-step program, which I love and I'm very active to this day in a 12-step program. Uh, but I couldn't beat it. And then I was exposed to someone who did some hypnosis and NLP techniques, which suddenly it all came together. That's the only way I can describe it. All of this stuff started to come together again. You know, it was, um, it, it made sense. The 12 step program, how things worked, you know, and, and I was finally able to put the addiction in the rear view mirror and move on with my life. And so I kind of stumbled into being an alcohol and drug counselor. Cause I, we, People who get better want to share. So I was studying that. And then back in those days, in the early 1980s, uh, it was easier to find NLP training than it was hypnosis. I mean, this was 15 years before the internet, so you just couldn't look something up. There were very few places to learn hypnosis, right? There were books, 
And in fact, I still argue a lot of the old guys in hypnosis and girls in hypnosis, how they learned hypnosis was they read a book and started hypnotizing people because there was no training. And so I went to some NLP trainings and I fell in love with it. And I kept thinking, why aren't we doing this in the alcohol and drug treatment world? And then I stumbled into some hypnosis trainings and it just kind of kept morphing. And because, you know, uh, being a veteran and, and uh, disabled vet uh, through some other issues, uh, I got to go back to school and get my doctorate in psychology. And, and, and so here I am. And so, you know, that's one of my passions. And so one of the things I like about hypnosis and especially the sub, you know, NLP, which NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, it is not a form of hypnosis. I stress that. I hate when people go, it is a tool. NLP is not a tool. NLP is a method of communication. It is a toolbox that all these other things, regression hypnosis, cognitive behavioral therapy, rational motive therapy, uh, psychoanalytic therapy, Freudian therapy, it can all fit into the box that I would call NLP because it's about information and how your brain is processing information. And there's a lot of neural uh, research going on about how this stuff actually works. And so, you know, that's kind of my passion now. And the thing I really like about it, when you begin to understand what hypnosis is, what, what hypnotic trance is, what all of this is, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. You cannot not see it if you know what you're looking for. And mm -hmm. I always people go, you know, I can't be hypnotized. And they just described in vivid detail the last Star Wars movie. Right. And I'm like, I, I hate to break this to you. You were just in a two and a half hour trance. Right. Yeah. 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 But they are like, oh, no, you can't. So it's it's always so much fun for me. And, you know, uh, and of course, because when I got into it, I still have a passion for addictions, helping people overcome addictions and, and beating an addiction. And then, of course, because I still do theater and acting, uh, that's my other subspecialty, which is performing arts. And so those are the two things I do. But so that's a little bit about how I got into it. And, and I'm always fascinated when I see how hypnosis works in the real world and how obvious it is when when you see it, the other day I was at a meeting. I'll tell you real quick. This is kind of a, uh, a quick story. Okay, go ahead. I was, at, I was at a different kind of meeting and there was a guy standing, sitting there and he started his thing and he was uh, going off on rich people. Right. And and I'm like, OK, whatever, brother, do whatever, you, you know, whatever. But and he goes, you know, I just don't believe that rich people are comfortable. I don't believe they can get a good night's sleep. And I'm like, I don't know. I know an awful lot of rich people. They sleep very well. You know, uh, the only difference is they're thinking they're sleeping on a $10,000 mattress and, you know, you're sleeping in your car. And, <laughs> and, but when I'm listening, the, the moral of the story is the minute he started talking and, and he was saying what his true beliefs were. You know, so I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, you follow sports, right? He was a football fan. I go, yeah. What do you think about that guy that just signed was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, LeBron James just signed that hundred and fifty million dollar contract. And he went, ah, nobody's worth that kind of money. And I went, you know, the first rule of economics in a capitalistic society is no one's going to pay you money unless you're worth it. You know, and. And I said, you know what? I noticed the difference, sir, is the people I know that have money, when they see somebody like LeBron James get a, get a check for $150 million, they go, good for him. Right? As opposed to you are like, this is not fair. And don't say what well, teachers make this or soldiers make that. 
you know, if that teacher was six foot nine and could dunk a basketball, they might not be a teacher. They might be playing pro basketball. But so but it's about a belief set, which, again, when you get into what we do for a living, that's going to make his world real because it sets yeah. what we call your reticular activating system. Right. Beryl heard me go on my rants about your reticular activating system. And this again, this is shows how our brains actually work. Which is, it's those nerves in your brain that like all this information is coming in. You know, you guys are sitting there in beautiful Canada and all this information is coming in. I'm here in Florida. I can see over the computer out into the, to the backyard. I see the wind moving stuff and all this. But my brain's not focusing on that. It's trying to focus down on this little screen in front of me so I can pay attention. That's what my reticular activating system does. And so, but we train our reticular activating system. If you've ever wanted a new car and you don't know what kind of car you want to get yet, so you're looking at this, you're looking at that, and then you go, I want that Corvette. Lately, I've got a thing for Corvettes. I want that Corvette. <laughs> You'll see a Corvette everywhere you look. Yeah. The day before, you wouldn't notice it because now your brain's going to say, well, it's important. You'll find it. Same way if you got single people listening, the kind of person you find attractive is the only person you'll see in a group. Okay. So, and again, when I'm watching my friend there and I wish him the best, I love his spirit. I'm like, he's training his reticular activating system to find examples of horrible crap in the world. The injustice. Why are some people super wealthy and others super poor? But if that's what he's looking for. That's, he's put himself in that trance. And, you know, I was trying to bring him out of trance. Part of my job as an NLP or as opposed to hypnotist is I don't teach you how to go into trance. I try to wake you up. You know, wake up, wake up. Five, four, three, two, one. Open your eyes. You know, look around. You know, there is no shortage of things in the universe. So, so that's kind of like how, to me, how your brain works. And once you begin to understand it, you know, it, it, it flips everything that you do. And, and, but unfortunately, no one gives us the, the, a seminar like in high school or something. Look, this is how your brain works. This is what you need to do. No, they're, they're doing other things because I don't think they understand the power of it. And that's what really sets us, whether it's that belief set, whether it's the values we get installed, all this stuff that's, that's installed in our heads, you know, and again, like in my uh, uh, overcoming addiction, one of the things I had to overcome was a deep belief set that because of the way I was raised, don't trust a man that doesn't drink. Real men can handle their liquor, you know, and a couple other things. So then I'm, you know, you know, I'm 25 years old. I'm a, a combat veteran trying to trying to sober up. And suddenly it's like, okay, except for the fact, oh, and you can't have fun without drinking. That's another big one. So now, other than the fact I'm not a real man, you'll never trust me and I'll never have fun again. This should be an easy thing to do. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I had to get those beliefs out of the way to realize, you know, there's nothing in my life a drink will make better. There's no pain a drink will take away. And there's no behavior I do that I need a drink to do to go out and do, whether it's dance, make love, do the things, whatever it is you know, I don't need a drink to do. And then my life started to change. So I go off on these tangents. So uh, no, no, that's good. And you've got about another couple minutes to go ranting. It's good. I like the rants. I'm used to them. <laughs> <laughs> and you travel all over the we world. We do that. We um, all do it. You know, we just get so passionate about our stuff. And I just start to <laughs> it all spills yeah. out. And I love it. So keep going. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And you see all over the world, all these um, beliefs that are just structured in by society, by different 
by different belief sets of the parents and everything just passed down. And then oh, yeah. we become who we're programmed to be. Yeah. And, and one of the things clinical psychology got right, that didn't get a lot right, but one of the things that got right is that basically we're all born tabula rusa. We're born a blank slate. And most of this stuff is, is encoded in us. Other than the fact now they know there are certain things that are genetically pre-programmed in. The fear of the dark, fear of spiders, fear of snakes, fear of heights. Those are three that are a few things they know that are genetically programmed in to keep you alive. Your whole programming in your brain at that level is only meant to keep you alive. It is also why the, uh, a, brain, uh, a hypnotic state is encoded into your neurology as a, way to, as a way to get out of stress. And we can talk about that, that it's yeah. natural yeah. and it's what happens. Yeah, I think we're going to go to a break in, in a little while, but um, just all that stuff is where we are coming from in NLP, hypnosis, all those things. And I consider everything hypnosis. I consider breathing, you know, sleep. Everything is just about hypnosis. It's, you know, people get so stuck on that word and it's a word we've created and we use it. But, you know, it's everything and it's everywhere naturally. So, Anyway, we're going to go to break now, and I'll see you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi, Inez Simpson here, the host of Hypnosis Everywhere on Voice America, and I'm here to give myself a plug. I want to plug three things that give me joy in my practice. First is working one-on-one with clients to work with them to get the outcome they desire. And as you know from the show, hypnosis covers a broad spectrum. And as a Voice America listener, I'm offering you a free consult. If you're curious or you feel hypnosis may help you and you want to find out more, go to inezsimpson.com and click on my client page. Second, mentoring. I love to work with hypnotists, new or who've been in the field for some time, and they want to change things up or move ahead or whatever it may be. You can find out everything at inezsimpson.com forward slash mentoring. Third thing, the Simpson Protocol. I'm passionate about teaching hypnosis and especially Simpson Protocol, which I teach around the world. And you can find out all about that at simpsonprotocol.com. Talk soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Inez, that's I N E S, at Inez Simpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere and with Dr. Will Horton and my new wonderful sidekick, Beryl Comer. Hi. So, uh, Will, you want to just take off on what we're, you were talking about, the addiction. So maybe um, you, we know how you came to hypnosis and everything and I, how you see hypnosis. We've sort of got a gist of that. And so wherever you want to go now on either the addictions or keep going in whatever well, floats your boat. Addiction is a good topic, I think, because, you know, here in the States, we're going through the opioid epidemic or crisis. It's also hitting Canada yeah. uh, and other, well, in fact, the entire world because people want to escape. Uh, and and the interesting thing about it is, you know, my trip through addictions, especially on the treatment side, has morphed over the years uh, because when I first got into it, like a lot of people, I was very rigid. You know, this basically as much as I yelled, this is the way, it's the only way. Uh, and it was more of a 12-step approach. Uh, but also, too, that, 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 that there are some things that opened up my vision. Because to me, maturity is being able to change your beliefs when you get facts that prove your beliefs don't really work. Rather than say that's not true, you know, and yeah. become one of those people. Nope, don't let, a, don't let, any, don't let facts get in the way of a good belief. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's just stick with what we're doing. Well, there were some things that, you know, I, and being around the addiction world since 1980, you know, I know it didn't work for everybody. And it, it's one of the only fields uh, that, A, hasn't changed much since the 1960s. And, B, it's the only disease, and I do believe there's a disease component to it, where if it doesn't work, they blame the client. Rather than, let's try something different. No, you just, you just do it more. You know, if you go to your doctor and you got an infection and they give you, you know, a, a, a simple antibiotic and it doesn't work, they don't yell, you're stupid, just do more. No, <laughs> they give you a different antibiotic. They give you a different treatment. But the addiction world was like, nope, it's, which, which then adds guilt, shame, remorse on a bunch of people that already had a boatload of guilt, mm -hmm. shame, and remorse for the, maybe the lifestyle that they lived for many years. And so I, I was always wondering about it, and I knew hypnosis, which I'll come back at the end, and NLP was a great way to do it because it's all about uh, entering into an altered state anyway. And uh, what happened was there was a commercial. I call it the happy rat study. These are the things that changed my whole world about addictions. The first is the happy rat, right? Back in the late 60s, early 70s, they did, they did a, a, a study and they made a commercial out of it and they took a rat and they got it hooked on first, to, I think, cocaine and then heroin. And they got it hooked on some other uh, drugs, too. But let's use those two. And then they showed the rat in the cage. It's all strung out and it just keeps getting high. And then they drop in like a female rat and it would ignore the female. It would ignore. Basically, it would do the drugs till it died. Right. And so then the, the voiceover in the commercial, there are some drugs that are so powerful, you know, so it started the whole Drugs are bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Drugs are bad. Okay. Well, there, you know, and, and that, that was going on. And then it also tied into an interesting geopolitical thing going on in America, which was they could use that idea for a political purpose later on, which I'll get to. But anyway, so if there are, drugs are bad, so it started the war on drugs and this and this. Well, at the same time, the Vietnam War was ending, and they were gearing up for this huge onslaught of soldiers coming back that were addicted, addicted to drugs and alcohol because it ran rampant in Vietnam. I went in at the end of the Vietnam conflict and it was rampant, right? Because you took the average age of the soldier there was 19 years old. It was an unpopular war. There was none of this crap, thank you for your service. It was, 
it wasn't an exaggeration. They were spitting at you, mm. and they, it was it wasn't an, it, it was not comfortable. So you're putting these kids in an uncomfortable situation. You're putting them in the unhappy rat cage, right? So they get addicted to, and there's hashish, and there's heroin, and there's cocaine, and there's massive amounts of alcohol. So that all these people got 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 hooked. Well, some psychologists looked at that drug study with the with the rat and said, "Well, there's something wrong here. Rats are highly sociable, and they're highly intelligent. Any of us ever had to deal with rats? And, and where I used to live, we used to have fruit rats because we had fruit trees. They're smart, right? Rats are smart, and." They're social and they have this whole structure. So the guy said, well, let's try this study where they took the rat, duplicated the study, got them hooked on the drugs, but then took them out of the unhappy rat cage, put them in a happy rat cage. That's why I call it the happy rat study where there's, you know, there's mates and there's, and there's other rats and there's stuff to do with, and there's food and, and all this other stuff. Well, all the rats wouldn't use drugs. They're right there. The day before they can't say no, they put them in the happy rat cage. They would not use the drugs. Yeah. You know, and they got better. Right. They were a little sick, especially heroin. They were a little sick, but they were fine. And the other rats would nurture them. And then they're back. They're being happy rats. So going back to the Vietnam study. So they're gearing up for this huge onslaught because, you know, at the at the height, we had over 500,000 troops in South Vietnam and a whole bunch of them were hooked. Well, they they came back. And they're gearing up for this problem that never materialized, never materialized, because 90 percent of the soldiers and sailors, airmen and Marines that came back after a little bit of an adjustment period, they were good to go. They were back in society. They're doing their things right now. And, and some of them, a great majority, even though five years ago in South Vietnam, they were shooting up or they're drinking alcoholically. Now it's five years later. And they're back in society. They got a job. They got married. They're going fine. They could even have a beer. And they didn't freak out. They didn't go like in the 12th. Well, oh, my God. You, you, once, you're, once you're a pickle, you'll never be a cucumber again and all these other things. So you're like, hmm, what's going on? Well, you know, they, they got out of the unhappy cage and into, went into a happy cage. And this is also why when you see people get into recovery, um, they do better when they go away for treatment because they go out of the, you know, like the inner, wherever they happen to be and they're loved and they're nurtured for 28 or 30 days, but then they go back to where they were miserable and then they relapse. Yeah. Right. Well, they're back in the unhappy rat cage and they're not, they're not helping people adjust to the cage as it is. Right. And so as I started doing that, I came up with this thing I call the boxes and another person kind of had this idea and we start talking, but the boxes are, most of us, when we're young in the Western world, when we're quite young, we don't use drugs or alcohol. You know, it just doesn't happen. You're abstinent because you're just, you're a kid. But then you hit that stage, and depending on where you are, usually a teenager, you experiment. As much as every parent goes, not my kid, bullshit, it, people experiment with drugs or alcohol, right? Well, most people are going to go from that experimental stage. So there's the uh, abstinent stage, experimental stage, and There'll be a few that go back, go, I don't like this. They're just, they don't, it doesn't like the way it makes them feel, right? One of my friends is like that, didn't like it, never drank, never drug, fine. But most of us will go from the, okay, and then they'll go into the social use stage. Great, right? They'll drink, not drink, you know, have a glass of wine, I've, you know, whatever. My wife's like that, but it's no big deal. Well, 
And that's the majority of the population. And then there's a few that go into a, the next box would be um, the substance the abuse box, right? So you're abusing a substance, alcohol, drugs, doesn't matter what it could be, sex, gambling, whatever it is. And it could be a, a reaction to what's going on. You're in an unhappy rat cage. Your marriage sucks. You're in, you're in South Vietnam. You know, nobody wants to hear about your war stories because, yeah, it, it's horrible. So you're drinking too much to ameliorate the pain. And, and so you're in this abuse box, right? Now, traditional addiction would say, well, now you can never, ever touch alcohol again. You can never drink. You can never do this. Well, you get those people out of that box, they may change. Because uh, that box, you know, and it doesn't have to be negative. It could be the kids that go away to college here in the States and Canada where you get in a fraternity. So you spend four years like a drunken frat boy or sorority sister. And then you graduate college. You come out and you go, shit, I got to get a job. You know, this shit's not cool anymore. And they quit. They go back and they get normal. They were they were abusing a substance for maybe positive or negative reasons, that's irrelevant, but they could handle it and they could go back. But now we do know that genetically there's a small subset that fit into the uh, 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 substance uh, uh, dependence box. Now, these people, if you go into that box, if you're abusing substances and you go into the substance, you happen to be dependent on it, it's more of an allergy. It's just the way your body reacts. My wife is allergic to strawberry, not strawberries, shellfish, right? Mm -hmm. She cannot have shellfish doesn't matter how good the shellfish is. People go, but it's delicious. She goes, yeah, but you won't be, you know, throwing up and crap in your pants for two days. I will. She's allergic to it. I'm allergic to alcohol. I cannot drink it successfully. Something happens. And what they know with the addiction qualities in the genetic twist in this, um, this, this dependence is once you start, you can't stop. There's no off switch. So you keep going and going and going. So, those people have to stay abstinent. You know, that part, this group has to stay abstinent. So most of us in the real world, when someone has a substance dependence, is rare, but substance abuse is common. Maybe they're taking the opioids because they, they hurt their back and the doctor gave them opioids. And at the same time, which we see in America, um, uh, and we just see it, you know, when you look at where the opioid epidemic is the worst, Places like West Virginia, places like uh, parts of the Midwest where the steel plants are closing, the auto plants are closing, the coal mines are closing. These people got no future. I'm sorry. They're in a horrible situation. And contrary to, I don't care if it's politically incorrect, those jobs ain't coming back. That lifestyle's gone, right? So they're sitting there and they're in pain. Maybe they broke a back, broke a hip, and now they get the opioids work. So they're taking this, right? And now we do know a lot of those people, when you dry them out, if they have a future, they get a new career, they, they, they do that, it's easier for them to go back to being happy, right? And so yeah. th that's the study that changed how I looked at addiction. And then, you know, I know we're going to a break in a second. And uh, uh, we're going to, you know, we can talk about why hypnosis and NLP is so effective in treating addictions with or without the 12-step program. So that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah we, we've got another few seconds here that I'm just going to say that's great. And I like this. I don't have to say a thing. You're just wonderful. You just, you just zoom and off you go and I make my life easy. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're just going to go to break and I'll see you on the other side. Okay. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi, Inez Simpson here, the host of Hypnosis Everywhere on Voice America, and I'm here to give myself a plug. I want to plug three things that give me joy in my practice. First is working one-on-one with clients to work with them to get the outcome they desire. And as you know from the show, hypnosis covers a broad spectrum. And as a Voice America listener, I'm offering you a free consult. If you're curious or you feel hypnosis may help you and you want to find out more, go to inezsimpson.com and click on my client page. Second, mentoring. I love to work with hypnotists, new or who've been in the field for some time, and they want to change things up or move ahead or whatever it may be. You can find out everything at inezsimpson.com forward slash mentoring. Third thing, the Simpson Protocol. I'm passionate about teaching hypnosis and especially Simpson Protocol, which I teach around the world. And you can find out all about that at simpsonprotocol.com. Talk soon. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Inez, that's I N E S, at inezsimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere. We're on our third segment and you're getting so much information here so you know all you have to do is put your listening ears on and maybe later just re-listen if it's really intrigued you because you're you know will is rattling this stuff out so quickly that you need to listen more than once all right so we'll keep going it's great and so so if you look at it that way a lot of people that they're abusing a substance, alcohol, drugs, you know, they maybe they're going through a divorce, you know, and yeah. so they're drinking too much to try to cope, right? Well, if you help them lower the stress and they get back into a normal lifestyle, they will naturally, which also the research also points out, that they're going to they're going to moderate their alcohol intake without whether you do an intervention or not. That's you know, it's just that people do, right? Just like you know, uh, a lot of the people, and one of the things that's changed is the monetization of the treatment, especially here in America, where they're grabbing all these kids, you know, 24 years old. Oh my God, look, they're, they're substance 
Yeah, they're substance abusers. They're 24. You know, they can drink till 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And if they still have a job, get up and go to work, right? No, they won't be. Well, they won't be able to do that when they're 40. No, that's because they're 40, right? <laughs> um, but th- we've monetized it. So we throw them in treatment, right? And then we reinstall more stuff in their head, which may or may not be true. Like my, you know, we talk about beliefs. And so, so there's that going on. So, but a lot of those people, you know, if you, especially if you teach them basic stress methods with hypnosis and NLP or meditation or, or what's it called? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to, you know, there was that study done in uh, uh, the relaxation response by Dr. Benson, where when he taught people meditation, uh, it was transcendental. But one of the side effects was that they quit smoking they quit drinking, and this was in the 60s. They quit doing other drugs, right, without ever just trying because they were self-regulating their, their neurochemical pathways. And, and the other side effect was they became physically younger because when you practice meditation or you go into hypnotic states, which lowers that, it releases growth hormone. So, uh, so if, we, if we teach our clients that with hypnosis or, uh, uh, you know, we teach them like mindfulness, uh, which is just a form of hypnosis. Um, Thank you. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna self-regulate. But then we find out if they need more help, you know, if they're in that dependent stage where they can't quit, then they might need more serious intervention, right? And even yeah. then, it 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 still can be fixed. It's not that big a deal. It's just this group can never ever drink or or do that thing successfully again. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and that's the thing. And that's one of the things the 12 step program got an awful lot, right. Right. And we were talking at the break. What a lot of people don't understand about the 12 step program is it gives people a place to learn how to reintegrate into society successfully. Okay. So they can go there and find out what it's like. And you can also say, look, I got to go to a wedding next week. I'm terrified. Well, why are you terrified? Because they drink at weddings. I used to drink at weddings. And so, you know, most people, if you're if in the 12-step world, everybody's going to put your arm around you and say, it's okay. If you need help, somebody will go with you. Make sure you got your cell phone. Call somebody. It'll be fine. Where a normal person might say, ah, shit, get your head out of your butt. It's fine. Right? And then they'll be the first one at the bar when they're like, here, have one. You can have one. It's been three weeks. Right? <laughs> and 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 they yeah, so it's like that's one of the things the twelve step world does. It also uh, gives you a place to model that behavior, how to have fun, how to do things, especially those of us that grew up in a substance abusing household, mm-hmm. right, or a substance abusing subculture, which we have in a lot mm-hmm. of areas. Let's be honest, not just you know in America, but everywhere. Well, you need a place to go to learn how to do these things. And one of the things I clash with people in. Uh, treatment, not just with hypnotists and NLPers, but you see it somewhat even in the, like the psychologist, it's like, um, they, they, they claim the negative part is, well, you're, you're relabeling yourself. Well, you've been sober 34 and a half years. Would you still call yourself an alcoholic? Yes. Right. And then they want to lecture me on it. Of course, my first response is what I label myself should have absolutely nothing to do with you, nor do I give a crap what, what you think about how I label. What you think of me is none of my business. You know, It's only what I think of me. And when I say I'm an alcoholic, that's to remind me, don't do this. You know, My cousin's diabetic. He'll tell you he's diabetic. And there's no shame in that because he, that way you might not offer him that juicy donut 
when he's on an empty stomach, which might, you know, send him off to the, to the hospital. Right. So, so what the 12 step program does is give you that nurturing environment to begin to make those changes and little known to most people, um, the 12 step program, if you read the old literature was meant to be a bridge back to normal living. You know, it was meant to be a bridge back to normal living. It was never intended to be a, to be a life in and of itself. Yeah. Now, for some people, it becomes that. And then some people, yeah, well, now he quit going to bars every night and he goes to a meeting and this and that. Well, and I get that a lot, honestly, in the hypnosis community. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's arrogant of you to think about what this person does. And you or me who get to help people for a living, people come to us and talk to us. We can share. We can do this. This guy works in a steel mill eight hours a day. If he's not talking football or, or women or drinking, there's nothing to talk about among his buddies at the steel mill. And you're going to take away the one place he can go and say, I'm scared. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm having issues with my wife, you know, and I'm scared about it. Right. You're going to take that away from him. You know, yeah. and I call people on it. That's arrogant of you. I just did this at a, at, a, at, a, at a psych conference where someone said that. And I'm like, that's awful arrogant of you. And people pay you money for you to, to shit. Yeah, shit, that's what it was. But to, uh, to talk about things, and that's what this person does. And a lot of my friends, this is their social outlet to really talk about feelings. And still in America and Canada and most of the world, we don't talk about feelings. You know, it's verboten to talk about your feelings, about being, especially as a man, to be afraid or to be anxious or to be this. And you could go to this group and say, I'm nervous, right? And so that's, that's one of the safe places to go, right? And, and, and real quick story to end it, I had a guy in my class, which is kind of interesting. He was a fundamentalist uh, preacher, but he's taking a hypnosis NLP class. And he did not like the 12-step program. And we went round and round. I don't know why people go. I don't know why people go. We got in this. It was so much fun. I'm sitting there. It made me think, how can I flip this guy's head around, right? Because everything's hypnosis. He's in his trance. And finally, I looked at him. I go, yeah, how, how long have you been saved? Since I was 16 years old. And, I, and, I, and he goes, yeah. I go, so you believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord? He goes, yes. I go, you, you've been bathed in the blood of the lamb. He goes, yes. I go, so, so you, you've got the spirit. He goes, yes, I do. And I go, you can read the Bible. He goes, yes, I read it every day. I said, therefore, you never have to go to church again. And he looked at me and he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, you've got Jesus. You can read. You've got the book. Why would you ever go to church? And, and he's like looking at me and he goes, well, it, I don't go for that reason. I said, well, maybe that's what these people going to the to the to the 12 step world go. It flipped him enough. He went back to his Baptist church and brought in some 12-step meetings. Good. Go on. Nice reframe. <laughs> because he's like, I didn't think of it that way. You know, it's like <laughs> you go there to be among your peers. That's what he said about church. I go there to be among other people where it's okay to let them know that you failed. You know, because that Christian, you know, it's like, hey, and nobody's perfect. I said, well, maybe that's what the they do at the at the at this 12-step world. And then he kind of got into it. And the last time I talked to him, he goes, Yeah, it's a lot different than I thought it was. You I know, know, and that's with most things when people have a very strong position on something that they just haven't had that looking at it through someone else's eyes. 
Yeah, and I've had people say they, they've been sober many, many years, but they go to a, a meeting sometimes, somebody today might need me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everybody wants to be significant. Everybody needs to give back. And it's very true. And, and yeah, you might go to that meeting and you could say, look, I've been there. You know, I know what it's like to lose a business sober. I know what it's like to lose my parents. I know what it's like uh, to go through a personal trauma, like my wife having a miscarriage. I know what this is like. I didn't drink over it, you know, and, and they, and they, and, and that might be the reason you're there, you know, That's Every, right. yeah. And hmm. it's not about wanting to drink. I haven't had a thought or a desire, knock on wood, to drink in, you know, 33 of the 34 years I've been around. So, I, you know, you're a very well-known, or at least in my world, a well-known uh, trainer. Mm-hmm. And you train NLP. But Beryl tells me that you have a great uh, coaching course, and I never realized that. You want to just give us a couple? We got a couple minutes in this segment, so I thought I'd well, get you yeah, done. And, and, you know, we've seen, those of us have been around the field a little while, we see these things kind of go in circles, right? And one yeah. of the good things about like coaching or calling it personal coaching or life coaching is it, it it's friendlier to the general population, right? Because they might go see a coach. They don't want to go see a therapist, you know? I need yeah. some coaching. I ain't crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, so they'll go see a coach. And if you've been trained, especially in NLP at the basic and the master level, you already have all the skill sets to be a life coach and personal coach. I'm sure Beryl will attest to that. You understand yeah. how to ask the question, which a lot of the coaching courses, people go, why am I not a member of the, I think it's called the ICF or I, whatever that is. And I go, well, first of all, I was doing this 15 years before they were invented. Secondly, their whole basic course is how to ask the eight questions we learn in NLP at the first level, you know? Yeah. And, and so, but it, 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 and it gives you a structure on how to help people solve goals. The other thing to tie it in with hypnosis and NLP with coaching is it's all about problem solving and helping people get better and achieving whatever that goal happens to be. And so, yeah, I, I yeah. developed that coach God back in the early nineties and I keep tweaking well, thank you for filling in that two minutes with that very important thing because I haven't talked about coaching at all so far on the show, and I think that's great. So we're going to go off, and we have one more segment. Goes so fast, doesn't it? See you on the other side. Yeah. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. 
Hi, Inez Simpson here, the host of Hypnosis Everywhere on Voice America, and I'm here to give myself a plug. I want to plug three things that give me joy in my practice. First is working one-on-one with clients to work with them to get the outcome they desire. And as you know from the show, hypnosis covers a broad spectrum. And as a Voice America listener, I'm offering you a free consult. If you're curious or you feel hypnosis may help you and you want to find out more, go to inezsimpson.com and click on my client page. Second, mentoring. I love to work with hypnotists, new or who've been in the field for some time, and they want to change things up or move ahead or whatever it may be. You can find out everything at inezsimpson.com forward slash mentoring. Third thing, the Simpson Protocol. I'm passionate about teaching hypnosis and especially Simpson Protocol, which I teach around the world. And you can find out all about that at simpsonprotocol.com. Talk soon. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Inez, that's I N E S, at inezsimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, and uh, we have Dr. Will Horton here. And we're going to go into this segment. We've talked about addiction. We've talked to so I'm just going to get him to now sort of vary out and talk about a few other things. So I'm just going to give it over to Dr. Will Horton now. Well, you know what I thought we'd do is, is kind of wrap it up with talk about a couple of things and tie it into how what I'm going to talk about next with the NLP and the hypnosis, how it ties into the which is still a buzz thing of the law of attraction or the secret, right? Yeah. And, and how the, your neurology ties into all this. But what I want to, you know, a few years ago, I, I, I started teaching my hypnosis, my NLP a little bit different when I, when I introduced the concept of the hot model. And what the hot model is, it's called hierarchy of thought, hot hierarchy of thought. And what that is, for those that don't know, you have three levels of thought and that's to do with your triune brain. Right. This is actually based in neurology. You have your reptilian brain and you have your mammalian brain, mammalian brain. Then you have your primate brain. And we're somewhere at the top of the primate brain. They think we're going to have another evolution, but that's coming up. But each level of thought happens in a different part of the brain. When you're in your reptilian brain, you're in the first level of thought. You're in an experience. When you're really focused, you're in the experience. That's all you can think about. Right. So that's the first level of thought. And that's the simplest level of thought. And it's the level when, like I say, you're very focused. And to use an analogy, this is like, let's say you're angry. When you're angry, you're angry. You're in that. And that's all you can see. It also trains your reticular activity. You're there, right? So that's that's your your, uh, uh, first level of thought. Then the second level of thought, you pull back a little bit and you think about the experience. Hmm. Huh, I'm angry. I'm angry. 
right? So it pulls you out. It's the first level of disassociation. And when you look at this model, it also explains trance perfectly. And it ex explains why NLP works magically with these techniques where it doesn't seem like you're doing anything. So it pulls you out of the experience and you start thinking about, hmm, what? I'm angry. Interesting, right? So that's the second level. Now, when you pull back to that level, it pulls you out of the experience because the way your neurology works, you can't be in an experience and think about it. It, it doesn't work. It's, it, your brain can't do that, right? Uh, it's why athletes talk about they, they, they slide between these levels, between being in the game and thinking about the game. They usually, they usually go to what we'd call that superconscious state of fourth level where they're in the experience, but they can, they can see the experience. Right, So you have your first level of thought, you're in the experience. Second level, you're thinking about the experience. Like, oh, I'm angry. I'm hungry. Right? A great diet tip is, you know, when you think you're hungry, pull back. Are you really hungry or are you pissed off? Are you depressed? Right? So there's that. Now, the third level of thought, when you move into the, to the primate brain, is I think I'm having the thought I'm angry. So you mm -hmm. start thinking about, am I really angry at Beryl? Or am I angry because Christina pissed me off earlier and then she did sort of the same thing. So I'm channeling all that rage at her. So I begin to, I begin to think that way. So I, but then when you're in that, then you can make changes. You can go back. I'm not really mad. I'm hungry. I'm, I, I'm tense. I need to get some blood sugar going. Right. So you're going up and down these levels. And what trance does, some of our clients are stuck in that first level. They're angry. They're resentful. They're, they're stuck. They can't pull out of it. And when we put them in trance, we pull them out, and then they can think about the experience. Some of our clients, they're so busy thinking about stuff, they can never experience anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so once you learn that you go up and down these levels of trance, then and these are all levels of different – they're states of mind, which is what trance is, mm -hmm. right? Then you begin to understand this is why I do not believe in any kind of depth – depth levels in hypnosis at all, never have, never will, because every level of depth, you can experience wide awake. You can experience sonambulism, uh, yeah, it's true. All, all level of uh, pain control, right? I finished a fight when I was competing in martial arts with a broken hand, right? Because I, I wasn't paying attention to it. We all do that. And can you negatively hallucinate? Have you ever not found your keys? And they're right on the table. And your 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 lovely your, your lovely mate walks up and go there they are, and you're like, oh well you were just negatively hallucinating. And how many of us positively hallucinate? I know I saw you there. I wasn't there, <laughs> right? Right? And if you really know how to manipulate the situation, we're seeing that in the United States down in Washington. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't believe your eyes and ears, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. Uh, so you can I, double dissociate <laughs> from your own say words. What you will. Say what you will. He's a, he's a, he's a damn good hypnotist. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so you're going up and down these levels of trance, right? And that's what we do. And so with that, when we're going back to tie it in the last thing with addiction, that's one of the things we have to do when we're treating addictions is learn how to pull out of the experience. Like, I think I want to drink. Pull back. Do you really want to drink? No, you're angry. Yeah. Pull out of a drink. You're this. Pull out of this and do that. And so that's one of the things that they do, right? And yeah. going to, whether you go to a therapy session or you walk into a 12-step meeting, it pulls you out of the experience and disassociates you enough that then you can make a rational decision, right? Okay. And if you do that, then, then you're cooking.
Uh, and, so, and, and to tie it into yeah. the law of attraction, right, which is everybody acts like this is this mysterious thing, this law of attraction, the secret, right? It's how your neurology works. We started when we talked about your reticular activating system and it'll find this, right? It, it, it's why the study proves over and over again that uh, if you start your day with gratitude, you will find things all day to be grateful about. You've set your reticular activating system. You know, there was a study done where it had to do with priming really quick, where the study was they had 100 people. They gave a, a person walked by, say, here, hold this cup of coffee for me. I got to do something. They did it. Yeah. And then uh, another 100 here, hold this. It was a cold cup of coffee. So one hot, one cold. And what they found was the people that held the cold coffee had a the rest of the day thought cold, negative kind of thoughts. The people that held the hot coffee had, hot, you know, felt more generous, more loving, more uh, supportive. And there's a little bit more to study. You can look that up. But um, that's kind of how your brain works. And that's why the secret works, why the, the, this works. It's you're priming your brain to find these things for you. It's what I teach at the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is coming up, and at the uh, Hypno Thoughts, which comes up. This okay. is what I teach. Okay, I'm just going to tie it up for everybody. He, Dr. Will Horton will be at the NGH, as where my great sidekick here, Beryl Komar, and also my trainers for Simpson Protocol. So just look around and meet everybody you want to meet when you're there. And, and Will is also going to be at HypnoThoughts, so both of those are very going to really interesting things. Uh, we did a special show all about the conventions uh, with uh, last, I think it was last show or the show before. I get a little confused. Anyway, I really want to thank you for being here today, Will, because it was really a great show. And thank you. I know we didn't thank have you. to do much. It was a very easy show for us. So yep. I thank you again. <laughs> and so the last things I want to say to everybody out there is, remember what he said now and how you employ that is when you are in that lower way of thinking and it's a ne if it's a negative place, see if you can move yourself to the next way of thinking before too long. And then as you do that, you just can change their way of being, and then you can start to shift and change. Yeah. So, you know how I put that, Inez? Yeah. There is a law of attraction, but be careful of the law of distraction. Distraction. Stop distracting yourselves. Yeah, so uh, it's really good. So, I, you know, we're all on the same page, and we may not always agree on everything. Uh, I do I do agree that you get all the depths in what I, but uh, you know me, I use deep states in hypnosis, So, but I formally put them there when they're not uh, necessarily noticing that they're in those places, and I think that's the difference. I don't think you need it. So, because you do have it every day, and what we deal with is always a natural state. So, thanks for being here. And we'll see you soon, I hope, somewhere along the line. And I'll may say the, goodbye. May the sun be in your face and the wind at your back. <laughs> Thank you very much. And we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week.